So our speaker this morning uh, is the founder of Acts of the Word Ministries, dedicated to transforming people's lives through the words of the Bible. He's presented at Dallas Theological Seminary, at the Forum of Trajan in Italy, at the Hampton Court and Midsummer Festival in England, at Calvary Chapel South in Kent, Washington. His passion is to inspire audiences to act out the words that they hear. Would you guys give a warm welcome to Marquis Laughlin? That was pretty good. <laughs> um, I am so delighted to be back. It is such a privilege to share God's word. Um, I'm going to attempt to, in about 40 minutes, give you an overview of the story of God. And I'm going to start kind of in the middle um, and with Jesus' life and then go through the birth of the church and uh, give you a little of his return. Um, so hopefully you have kind of a little overview um, of scripture, I, I'm, which means I'm going to leave out a heck of a lot of stuff. So I'm just telling, <laughs> telling you that in advance. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the grace you've poured out on everyone here, um, that you've drawn us closer to you through your son, that you've opened our eyes and our ears to hear your words and to see you. Um, thank you for this awesome privilege of being able to just live in your light. Lord, just make, accomplish your purpose with your words today. Open our eyes, our hearts, and our ears to who you are, what you've done for us, what you're about to do, uh, so we can, we can act accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. See, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Now there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. Now he himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Now he was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, and yet his own did not receive him. But to all who received him, to everyone who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. See, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. See, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses... 
but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters, they sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. Now when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick... He stayed where he was for two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they replied, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there? Jesus answered them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going there to wake him up. But his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. His disciples thought he meant natural sleep, but Jesus had been speaking to them about his death. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad I was not there for your sake, so that you may believe. But come, let us go to him. Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, Let us go also, that we may die with him. <laughs> now on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. When Martha heard that Jesus had come, she went out to meet him. Lord, she said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus answered her, your brother will rise again. Well, I know he will rise again, said Martha. In the resurrection at the last day, then Jesus declared, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Now, having said this, she then ran and called her sister Mary. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was, she fell at his feet weeping. Lord, she said, if you've been here, my brother would not have died. Now, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord. Once more deeply moved, he came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone rolled in front of the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by now there is a strong odor, for he has been there for four days. But Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus called in a loud voice toward the tomb, 
Lazarus, come out. <laughs> the dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. <laughs> Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and her sister Martha and seen what Jesus did, well, they put their faith in him. But some of them went to the chief priest and the elders and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priest and the elders, from that day on, they plotted to take his life. Now, it was just before the Jewish Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and return to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the, Judas, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. And Jesus became troubled, and he testified, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another, at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of the disciples, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said to him, Ask him which one he means. Then leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I dip it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. What you're about to do, do quickly, Jesus told him. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified through him. If God is glorified through him, he will glorify himself, and he will glorify the Son at once. My little children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. But Simon Peter said to him, O oh Lord, where are you going? <laughs> Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. But Simon Peter said to him, but Lord... Why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered him, Will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me. Three times. But do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Now you know the way to the place where I am going. <laughs> and Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. <laughs> so how can we know the way? <laughs> Jesus answered him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Now, if you really knew me, you'd know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Then Philip said to him, Well, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. <laughs> Jesus answered him, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. Now, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I'll ask the Father to send you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Though the world does not know him, you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now... A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. You see, I came from the Father and entered the world now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. I mean, now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. You believe at last, Jesus said to them. But the time is coming and has now come when you will all be scattered, each to his own home, you will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now after Jesus had said these things, he looked toward heaven and prayed, and when he had finished praying, he left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. Now on the other side, there was an olive grove, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place, because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was about to happen to him, went out and said to them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, said Jesus. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. Now when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I told you that I am he, said Jesus. Since you are looking for me, then let these men go. 
Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. Jesus said to Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Then the detachments of soldiers and their officials arrested Jesus. <laughs> they bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was the father of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it would be good if one man died for the people. Now, Simon Peter and the other disciple who was known to the high priest were following Jesus. Since this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Simon Peter had to wait outside at the door. So then the disciple who was known to the high priest went back, spoke to the girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You're not one of his disciples, are you? The girl at the door asked Peter. He denied it, saying, I am not. <laughs> it was cold, and the servants stood around a fire that they had made to keep warm. Simon Peter was standing there with him, warming himself. Now, meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I have always spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught at the temple or at the synagogues where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. Now, when Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby struck him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest? He demanded. If I said something wrong, Jesus replied, testifies to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why do you strike me? Then <laughs> Anna sent him still bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now, meanwhile, as Simon Peter was warming himself by the fire, he was asked again, you're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. <laughs> Another man, a relative of the, ear, of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the olive grove? Again, he denied it. And at that moment, a rooster crowed. Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. Now, by now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not want to enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate, he came out to them and said, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Well, take him yourselves, Pilate said, and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, the Jews objected. You see, this happened so that the words Jesus had spoken indicating the kind of death he was going to die would be fulfilled. So then Pilate went back inside the palace and questioned Jesus. Are you the king of the Jews, Pilate asked? Is that your own idea, said Jesus, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priest who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from 
another place. So you are a king then, said Pilate. You are right in saying I am a king, said Jesus. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. <laughs> what is truth, Pilate said. <laughs> and with this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, look, I find no basis for charges against him, but... It is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner during the time of the Jewish Passover. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? But they shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. So Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again and sang, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him in the face. Now once more Pilate came out and said to them, Look, I'm bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no basis for charges against him. Now when Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man! But they shouted back, take him away, take him away, crucify him. You take him and crucify him, Pilate said. As for me, I find no basis for charges against him. But they said, but we have a law, and according to that law, he must die. Because he claimed to be the son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. And he went back inside the palace and questioned Jesus. Where do you come from? Pilate asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate replied. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no power over me unless it were given to you from above. Therefore, the ones who handed me over to you are guilty of a greater sin. Now, from then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jews kept shouting, If you let this man go, you're no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. So, finally, Pilate brought Jesus out and sat down at the place known as the stone pavement, the judge's seat. It was the day of preparation of Passover. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews, but they shouted back, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate replied? We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. And so the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went up to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. And here, they crucified him. With him, two others, one on each side, and 
Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Near the cross of Jesus stood Jesus' mother, Mary. Mary, the wife of Clopas, his mother's sister, and Mary Magdalene. Now, when Jesus saw his mother standing there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that day on, this disciple took her into his home. Now later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was nearby, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, he said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now the day on which Jesus was crucified was to be a special Sabbath. And because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate for permission to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. So the soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers took a spear and pierced Jesus' side, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. See, these things happen so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones would be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. Now later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for permission to have the body of Jesus. Joseph, he was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who visited Jesus earlier at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds, now, taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it in the spices with the strips of linen. This is in accordance with Jewish burial customs. Now, near the cross of Jesus, there was a garden. And in the garden, there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been placed. Because it was the day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Now, very early on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene got up and went to the tomb, and she found that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the disciple whom Jesus loved, and she said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Simon Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb, and both were running, but the other disciple reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked inside, but did not go in. Finally, Simon Peter arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had arrived first went inside. He saw and believed. Now, the disciples still did not understand from Scripture 
that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So then the disciples went back to their homes. Now later on that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said to them. Then he showed them his nail-pierced hands and his wounded side. Again, he said to them, peace be with you. Now, the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. <laughs> now, Jesus did many other miraculous signs and wonders that are not recorded in this book. But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of the living God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Now, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up, after he'd given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, to them... He presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while he was staying with them, he told them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the gift of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they came together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? But he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. <laughs> and as they stood there gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them, dressed in white robes. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here gazing into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem. Now, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, like a mighty rushing wind. And, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together. And they were amazed, asking, how is it that we hear, each of us in his own native language? We hear them telling the mighty works of God. And they were amazed and, and perplexed, saying, how can this be? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. <laughs> but Peter, 
lifted up his voice with the eleven and said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show signs in the heavens above and wonders on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel... Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty signs and wonders that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. But God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, for it was not possible for him to be held by it, for David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I might not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the path of life. You will make me full of gladness in your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the, the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. See, being therefore a prophet, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. See, this Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. See, having therefore been exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the gift of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. <laughs> Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the disciples, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins. For the, the promises for you, you will receive the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for everyone whom the Lord our, call, our, our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation! So those who received his words were baptized. And they ratted that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers. And, and awe came upon every soul. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, and day by day, in the temple, and breaking bread in their homes, 
They were giving thanks to God and having favor with all the people. <laughs> and the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who are being saved. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house, he carried off men and women and put them in prison. And Saul, later to become Paul, was still breathing threats of murder against the disciples. And so he went to the chief priest and he asked them for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any there belonging to the way, he might bring them to Jerusalem. Now, while he was on his way, as he approached Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him. And falling to his knees, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and go into the city and you will be told what you ought to do. Now the men traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. <laughs> so when Saul rose from the ground, although his eyes were opened, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand safely into Damascus. He was there for three days and neither ate nor drank. Now, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord appeared to him in a vision, saying, Ananias! Here I am, Lord, he answered. And he said, rise and go to the street called Straight. Enter the house of Judas. Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, but Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to the saints in Jerusalem. And on those who call upon your name, how, why he has come here to persecute them. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the peoples of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed. And entering the house, he laid his hands on him. Brother Saul, he said, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. And then taking food and water, he was strengthened and immediately he was baptized and straight away he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Christ! <laughs> and many of the Jews there said, Is this not he who persecuted them in Jerusalem and has come here for this purpose, to take them to Jerusalem? But, but Saul increased evermore in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Now, after many days the Jews tried to kill him, but... The disciples learned of this. They brought him and sent him down through an opening in the wall in a basket to Jerusalem. So finally, he came to Jerusalem and he attempted to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him because they, they did not believe that he was a disciple. <laughs> finally, Barnabas took him 
to the apostles and told them how on the road he had seen the Lord and how he had spoken to them and how he'd proclaimed Jesus' name boldly in Damascus. And so he, Saul, who was later to become known as Paul, went in and out among those who were in Jerusalem. And the church had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together with him, we ask you, brothers, not to become alarmed or concerned by a letter or a word or a spirit uh, seeming to be from us to the effect that the Lord has already come. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the son of lawlessness is revealed who opposes and exalts himself above every god or so-called god so that he takes his seat in the temple of God proclaiming himself to be God. See, the beast will be given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies, and he will exercise his authority for three and a half years. He'll open his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. And he'll be given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he'll be given authority over every nation, tribe, people, and language. All the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Now he who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with the sword he will be killed. This calls for patience, endurance, and faithfulness on the part of the saints. Then I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True, with justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, bright and clean. See, out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the fury of the winepress of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. <laughs> then I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried out in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair. He said, come, gather together for the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings, generals, and mighty men, of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against the rider on the horse and his army. But the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who had performed the miraculous signs on his behalf. 
See, with these signs, he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. The rest of them were killed with the sword that came out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. And all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that are in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that are in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He was seated on the throne and said, I am making everything new. Then he said to me, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to go through the gates and into the city. Outside are the dogs those who practice magic arts, the murderers, the sexually immoral, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. There is a, a, so much more I want to tell you. <laughs> wow. Uh, the... God's plan for us is just, it just blows my mind. Uh, every, every day I, I get to discover something new I didn't know. Um, 
Every day I'm watching him reveal the scriptures to people in ways we couldn't see five, ten years ago. God is pouring out his, his spirit on his church and equipping us as the darkness gets darker. We are getting more light. We are getting equipped with the Holy Spirit to be able to see more clearly. And as we get closer to these things that are about to happen, um, God is showing us what he's about to do in, in more and more clearly. So I can't encourage you enough um, to be inspired to look into this, the end of this story and keep looking because there's, there's, there's so much God wants to show each one of us and to build our confidence and faith to be able to be patient and faithful and endure. And when we know we have a sovereign God who's in complete control of the future uh, and the whole world, and we see that sovereignty being acted out in every way, um, our faith is built and we have a hope that shines that others just could only envy. And that's a great, those are the great opportunities for us to share the gospel. Um, our ministry is called Acts of the Word because uh, the Lord just really impressed on me. I was coming out, I got saved in Hollywood and I was an actor and God put the scripture on my heart to, to present. And he really uh, put on my heart that he did not want people to think it was entertainment. You know, I don't want people thinking, oh, that's so cool. He memorized that or it's another play I just saw. These are the very words of God. And so after some praying and fasting, he led us to uh, a, a, an amazing uh, uh, missionary organization uh, that uh, feeds the poorest people on the planet. It's called Food for the Hungry. Their whole structure is to go into the poorest villages in the world and transform them um, from insufficiency to self-sufficiency so that they have clean water, clean medical, clean uh, uh, the ability to, to raise their own crops and food, and most of all, share the gospel. That's really their strength is discipling children. So we've been partnering with them for, I think it's been almost 20 years now. I've been overseas five times and seen villages in pretty much every phase of what they do. It takes anywhere from six, seven years on the low end to 10, 11 years on the high end for them to transform a village and make it self-sufficient. But at that time, they send you a letter saying, hey, the child you're sponsoring in this village, the village is completed. So you can continue to write, but would you like to sponsor another child in another area? Um, the last time I was able to go overseas was right before COVID hit, literally the month before. I went to Guatemala and I, 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 I visited Christopher. Christopher's 10, year old, 10 years old and I had been sponsoring him for about maybe a year and a half, two years. Well, when I got there, Christopher brought out every letter I had written him. And I was writing verses for him in each letter to memorize. And he started quoting the verses. Now, I watched as his mom smiling. She's quoting them kind of with him, rooting him on. And I was so... Uh, I, was, I felt so undeserving to even see that because I wrote them in there and I'd had no idea he was going to pay that much attention to what I wrote. But I realized as I stood there, his whole family, probably the whole neighborhood knew most of those verses too. <laughs> and I thought, this is the best disciple I've ever made. 
I, I, you know, I just was like, you know, because you're, you're, you're so in the word, and sometimes it's bouncing off the pavement, and sometimes it goes in deep, and you, but I was just amazed. And I thought, you know what, as he took me around and he showed me the difference between him and another child who was in that village that wasn't sponsored yet, and the village next door, what it was like for them, uh, I was blown away, and I realized why he had read every letter and had memorized every verse and how precious it was because I had literally changed his whole life just by sponsoring him for a, a short period of time. And um, just deeply impressed by that, their work and their ability to uh, you know, allow us to be a part of it. So there are some picture folders on my uh, table. Uh, I, I bring picture folders of kids who need to be sponsored with me everywhere I go. And that was my biggest heartbreak of not being able to go out for about nine months during COVID is that we were missing all the kids we normally get helped every year. We were down to a fraction of them. And I knew because I'm writing them back and forth, we're sponsoring them ourselves. And I knew their needs had increased. Their ability to deal with the pandemic was not, you know, we have the means to deal with it, but they did not. They were the ones that are affected the most by it. So um, if God's touched you or he's been maybe on your heart to share the gospel, share this story I shared, the hope of what Jesus is going to do in transforming the world and bringing his kingdom. You want to take that outside of these doors. You heard this morning, you've got a great opportunity to continue to support that work, but you can also do it individually with these kids. So pick up a picture folder there. There's a little form inside. Open it up. There's a form inside. Fill it out. It's $38 a month. You can do it for as long or as short as you like. But like I said, they have a little window where they're trying to make themselves sufficient. And when that, that window closes, they will let you know and invite you to sponsor another child. So uh, there's a form, tear it off uh, and put it in the envelope there and you can hand it to me. I'll be back at the table to meet and greet. Um, but thank you in advance for helping them. And thank you for the privilege of allowing me to share God's word with you. Um, the, this, the time has come, I believe, is it Second Timothy, when men will not listen to... To, to sound teaching, but they will gather teachers to tickle their ears. And we're in that era where there are a lot of pastors. That's too much Bible for my people. Too much. Oh, we don't do that. We don't, we don't. I, in other words, we don't. And I, I've, I've had pastors tell me, well, uh, this, we only, we only t teach Paul's teachings or we ignore this the whole Old Testament, or we, you know, they've, got, they've kind of picked and choose the, 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 the scriptures they want to cling to, and I'm like, wow, you know, <laughs> and I, last, a couple weeks ago, I did Genesis, and we had to have extra security, because I'm, I'm telling the story of Sodom and Gomorrah in a church, uh, so times have changed, but please, the way you can pray for us is the way I, I think it, to be reminded to pray for leaders, Christian leaders that, that that will be bold and courageous and we will speak God's word and let the chips fall where they may and, and, and proclaim all of God's word. We have brochures on the table there. Grab one of those, put it on, your, uh, on a magnet on your refrigerator or in your, in your Bible um, just as a reminder to pray for just Christian leaders and ministries all over the world that we'll have that boldness and we won't shrink back and compromise uh, because we need to let our light shine very brightly 
in the darkness. And God's given us everything we need to do that. So thank you so much. Appreciate it.